T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. In the movie Hoosiers, you might remember Hickory High ran the old picket fence to win a pretty important ball game. And Monday night... Far from Indianapolis, the Red Sox ran their own picket fence offense. Five straight innings, they put one run on the scoreboard. And in a statement game at Fenway, five, six, seven, eight, then ninth inning two, that dripping faucet of one run and one run only worked out very nicely, overflowing the White Sox. If you tack on the run, the Red Sox got way back in the second on a Jackie Bradley bomb. Uh, That's six runs total for Boston, five for Chicago, as the Red Sox walk off the White Sox. A review of the comeback win and what it all means now on Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your home. No leads all night for the Red Sox in the first 336 of the ball game. Then right at the end, they're only one to break a modest little two-game losing streak, and they keep pace with the surging and hated New York Yankees. Josh Lewin with you. Red Sox and Yankees in London before too long. More on that in a bit. More on. Uh, you certainly can't call Alex Cora one of those. He managed a brilliant ball game, albeit somewhat unconventionally. The pitching change on three and two, for example, at one point. But after allowing the White Sox to take a few leads, three of them to be precise, the Red Sox pinballing back every time they needed to, six to five, the happy final. This was Eduardo Rodriguez against Lucas Giolito. And Giolito, until recently, was 10 and one with a 2.2, a far cry from the year before when he had been the very worst pitcher in the major leagues. No one has ever been able to be the worst pitcher ERA-wise one year than an all-star the next year. That is going to happen this year for Giolito. As for Eddie Rodriguez, some interesting things here. He, he had never gone more than six innings in three straight starts, ever. He was able to do this tonight, barely. Went six and a third. And the Sox, well, 11-2 and two in his last 13 starts. They always seem to get some runs for him. The last... 21 decisions involving Eddie Rodriguez when he gives him six innings. Would you believe the Sox are 20 and one? All Eddie has to do is just kind of hang in there, and the Red Sox always seem to find a way. There was a concern heading in about home runs. He had allowed six of them in his last four starts. He would allow a couple more tonight. And a couple little notes on Eddie Rodriguez that I find interesting. He's been getting crushed at the bottom of the order this year. Eight and nine hitters are at 310 and 305 against him for the year. And other than cleanup, where it's a 315 batting average, those are the highest batting averages against Eddie. Eight and nine, bottom of the order. The other thing that you look at is first time through the order, opponents hitting 315 against him. And tonight, in this one, there would be enough hitting early to kind of make a mess. Uh, Yoan Moncada, two-run home run in the top of the second inning. Of course, former Red Sox prospect. 109 mile an hour, just blast to left field. 
This was after a little kind of wall-scraping double by Eloy Jimenez, another great young prospect for them. So it was like this high-arcing parabola first, and then this cannon shot right after to make it 2-0. But Jackie Bradley right back with a cannonball of his own. Bottom of the second inning, 408-foot home run, a modest 107 miles an hour. 2-1, Two to one, and it stayed that way all the way through four. This game was zipping along with Eddie Rodriguez against Lucas Giolito. And, you know, the Red Sox having lost nine of their last 13 at Fenway, not scoring a lot of runs. This one, halfway through it, a two to one ball game heading to the bottom of the fifth. They just kind of had a little bit of nervousness. Giolito starting to pick up his pace. However, in the bottom of the fifth inning, Chavis skimmed the top of the monster, barely missed a home run, ends up with a one out double. Eduardo Nunez bloops one in to right. It drops down. The game is tied at two. Then it started being punch-counterpunch. Every time the White Sox got a run, the Red Sox came right back. And it really was a a tetherball game is what it felt like. Top of the sixth inning, Jose Abreu, a a long home run, 430-foot scorcher to left field, hit the national car rental sign right at the very, very top of the monster seats. So as Chicago toggles on top, Once again, the Red Sox come back and tie it. They did it in the bottom of the inning on a bases-loaded walk to Michael Chavis as Giolito just kind of lost the plot. He ended up walking three in that sixth inning. He's not been walking many this year at all, but Chavis taking one pretty much chin high. (laughs) Chin high. Uh, That did, once again, get the Red Sox even in the game. So to the seventh inning, leadoff walk from Eddie Rodriguez. That would have a dangerous end. A sack bunt from the Federalist, John Jay. An intentional walk to Moncada. Yonder Alonso pegs one in the right field. Picked out a 92-mile-an-hour fastball to get it done. He had been three for his last 30, but Chicago ahead again. They go to the bullpen. Marcus Walden gives up a, an RBI hit to the bottom of the order. That was a pinch-hitting Yolmer Sanchez. So a Yonder and a Yolmer come through, and it's now a 5-3 game. So the Sox would have to work a little harder. In the bottom of the seventh inning against a guy with a 1 ERA, Evan Marshall, Mookie Betts, very first pitch he sees, line drive home run, his 13th of the year, pretty much to uh, center field, just to the right of the flagpole. So at least they're back to within 5-4. to four. They would waste a Devers double. Devers coming back from that hamstring issue, and we trot along to the eighth inning now. And at least that's when the Red Sox bullpen got it into gear. You had Colton Brewer in the eighth inning, at least until it was 3-2 and two on John Jay. And we'll hear from Alex Corey in a bit about this. But on a 3-2 and two count, he decides to bring in Josh Taylor. A little bit of pressure there, right? And he throws one pitch. It is ball four. The walk is actually charged to the initial pitcher, Colton Brewer. Sox get out of it, though. It stays 5-4. to four, And they're looking to keep on coming back. They, they would do that as uh, they get to the bottom of the eighth inning. And this is where it got weird. It was a leadoff walk to Jackie Bradley Jr., a nine-pitch at bat. And on a busted hit and run, somebody missing a sign, a caught stealing. So now it's nobody on him, one out. So you've got Christian Vasquez up next. He's been a very hot hitter, 990 OPS since May 4th. We talked about it last podcast. That's one of the best in all of baseball since May the 4th. And he runs his hitting streak to a career-high 10 games, taking a count of 0-2 to 3-2 and and then rolling one into right. Marco Hernandez pinch runs. That would be big. He would move along on a Chavis ground out. Actually, check that. He moved along on a wild pitch. And then Chavis with a ground out would kind of freeze him there at second. But no matter. Eddie Nunez, who already had an RBI hit. And against Kelvin Herrera, the pitcher at this point, he'd already been 6 for 10 with a home run. Make it 7 of 11 
with an RBI base hit in the left. So there you have it. The Red Sox come back to tie it five to five. Third time they had tied the game. And then you're thinking, okay, I mean, all these games go so long. This one's probably heading to extras. Not so fast. In the bottom of the ninth inning, Andrew Benintendi creams a double in a right. Only his fifth extra base hit off a lefty all year. That was Jay Spry who gave it up. J.D. Martinez then promptly strikes out. J.D. has never had a walk-off RBI as a member of the Red Sox. 172 runs batted in. None of them have ever ended a game. And he's slumping now. He's 0 for his last 13. He was the only Red Sox player without a hit in this one. So you move the line along to Rafi Devers. A nine-pitch at bat, but he grounds out. But uh, at least he did it to the right side, and that moved the runner along to third. They go ahead and intentionally walk Bogarts, who then takes second on defensive indifference. But that would set it up for Jackie Bradley Jr. to eventually get intentionally walked. Bases loaded for Marco Hernandez. Yes, Alex Cora pushing a correct button. He's got Hernandez in that seventh spot. Could have had Sandy Leon there instead, who had to come on for for Vasquez. But uh, the, the guy that's got a little bit more speed, that would pay off. As Marco Hernandez slaps one to the left side to Tim Anderson, and you could score a, uh, a fielder's incorrect choice, if you want to put it that way. Deep in the hole, it's short. With the bases loaded, if he would have thrown to third, he probably gets the fielder's choice to get the game to the 10th inning. But instead, he tries a long off-balance throw to first. The speedy Hernandez beats it out, and that's your ball game. Tim Anderson ends up 0 for 5 with four strikeouts, and that play to end the ball game. And as we mentioned, the very first lead all night for the Red Sox was that one right there. Really nice win to get to 43-37. and 37. They're going to hit the midway point of the season officially in the Tuesday game. We'll preview the Tuesday game in a bit. But you guys want to hear from Marco Hernandez, don't you? Here he is after the game with us in the booth. All right. Well, Marco, congratulations. Uh, you talked to us in Baltimore after your game-tying homer. Tonight you tie it with the great base running, and you win it with a base hit. Uh, you must uh, really feel pretty happy right now, huh? Oh, I feel good. I feel good. Thank you. Appreciate it. What did you think of the at-bat? What was your approach? Because it was the first time you were hitting in the game. Uh, man, I tried to keep ready the whole game. And my approach in that at-bat, it was like, man on third base, two outs, so winning run. I tried to put the ball in play and see what's going on. And something happened. Good for us. Were you aware, Marco, exactly where that ball was in relation to the shortstop? And were you surprised there was a play at first base? When you were running, were you thinking, oh, boy, maybe they'll throw to second or third, get a force? Uh, not really. I mean, as soon as I, hit, I I see the ball in the hole, I mean, Jackie on first, he can run. He don't have a chance on second base. So I try to push as hard I can and try to get uh, to first by first down the throw. Well, you got out of the box so quickly. You got a good break, didn't you? Uh, yes, I'm sure, yes. And this lefty versus lefty thing doesn't seem to scare you at all. That's something you're going to have to continue to prove, I guess, right, to, to your bosses. That must feel good to have such a good at-bat against a lefty. Uh, yes, I, I work on it every day because, uh, I mean, those situations late game, they, they're going to bring a lefty if, I, if I'm on the line or so. I, I try, especially we don't we don't have any righty on the bench because uh, Nunez was, out, was were out. And, I mean, uh, I, I, I try to battle and I keep battling and, and see what happens. Well, your base run in the eighth inning was critical, too, because you advanced on that short pitch in the dirt. Uh, you made up your mind instantly. Uh, he, he, he was quick to the play, I mean, Herrera, and, and I don't think I can steal of him. And I just tried uh, looking for a ball on the dirt that I can advance, and I mean, I, I think I did, a, I did a ride right there. 
Well, we haven't seen this one in a while, Marco. Five straight one-run innings <laughs> to get this done. And, and I like it because you guys basically had to tie the game three times before you could finally win it at the end. This game took three hours, 36 minutes, and it wasn't until that very last second that you guys ever had a lead. Uh, I mean, it, it don't matter. I mean, as long as we, we, we get the win, I mean, the most important thing in this game is win game. You know, it, it doesn't matter if we tie, if we go down, if we go up. So in the night inning, we, we got to do that exactly what we do today. So win the game. And keeping you in the game was huge, too, because uh, did you think you'd stay in the play uh, second base uh, after you pinch ran? Uh, after I scored, uh, Alex told me, hey, uh, be ready. You might go to second base for defense. And if you got a chance to, to, to hit it, you will hit well, see, that, that was very smart managing. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I guess. <laughs> That's the right answer anyway, I think, yeah. Yes. Alex is going to hear this. Yeah, so. he, he, he did a pretty good job. He sure did. Yeah. Uh, hey, Marco, uh, you've had some big moments lately. Uh, congratulations. Thanks for joining us. Marco Thank Hernandez, you. a hero again. It was a ninth inning home run that tied things in Baltimore not too long ago. This time it was a ninth inning game winning officially infield hit so marco hernandez scores the tying run drives in the winning run and as for alex cora all his buttons to have to push in this game and it generated five consecutive one run innings to pull this out here's alex cora after the game yeah yeah i mean uh actually we were, we were debating if we keep Nooney in the game and, and put sandy in that spot and and at the end, we felt like that was the best matchup for us, you know, going with Marco, staying in the game, and then hitting Sandy in the ninth spot. You know, um, and if they had the lead, they were going to have righties on the mound, so it was a good matchup for us. And and whatever, you know, it just happened that it was a tie game, and uh, he did a good job staying on the pitch and going the other way, and, you know, he, he's a good runner, so he, he was safe. So you, you kept him in that spot thinking there's a chance he would come up? Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. Mm-hmm. You talk about Benintendi, just getting things going. Benintendi. Yeah, I mean, good swings, uh, staying on pitches. Uh, you know, we've been talking about him. He's been swinging about well lately, uh, driving the ball the other way. Uh, uh, you know, with lefties, it's kind of like a, like a weird, everybody knows it. it's been a weird offensive year for us, you know, good numbers, but nah. And uh, with him against lefties, it's kind of like he's not hitting, but he's getting on base. And it's one of those, but he did a good job today staying on pitches and, and, and hitting line drives, and uh, it, was, it was good to see. In terms of that offensive attack when it's, you know, just single runs coming, you know, in drips, like what's it, you know, what, what was what was the mood like in the, uh, in the are, you, are you waiting for the beginning there, or are you, like, just pleased with the contributions <laughs> throughout? I mean, we, we were pleased we were scoring, but uh, we... We left some chances slip away. Uh, we had you know, men in scoring position. We didn't put a ball in play. Um, there were a few things we didn't do offensively today. Uh, we, you know, we early on with Devers running the bases, and then you know, we didn't put the ball in play. And he didn't run there in the eighth. And there's a lot of stuff that didn't go right. But at the end, you know what? We won. That's the most important thing. Um, uh, the bullpen did a, a good job. Taylor was amazing today. Brew was good, and then Workman, you know, got the big out of the end. And to see Mookie taking a first pitch swing at a fastball, how satisfying? That was good. Yeah, it is good. I mean, uh, uh, the other way, he goes 0 for 2, 3 walks. And then yesterday he gets two hits, so he hits the ball at a ballpark. You know, like, I know the numbers are not there, but he's still 
dominates the game. You know, um, you know, he's still getting on base. He's still scoring runs, which is important. And uh, you know, um, you know, he he will get hot. We know that. Just uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. What was the uh, thinking behind the pitching change uh, middle of the at bat? Yeah, uh, been talking about it for a month and a half already, and. Uh, I don't want John Jay to put the ball in play against the righty there. Uh, I know he can go out of the zone and just flip it to, to left field. So, uh, you know, um, if, if, if McCann would have hit a double, it was going to be Taylor against Jay. So I was like, no, you know what? It's lefty against Jay, and and we'll take our chances. You know, the, Taylor is throwing the ball great, and it's a matchup that, you know, it's actually uh, better for us. So we went with it. You know? uh, he made a good pitch, and, and John took the pitch, and you know, we move on. But... Uh, JT was amazing. You know, he's been throwing the ball well. So it was a tough one, you know, trying to tell Brew, just hanging in here with uh, with your crazy manager. And then Taylor came in and I said, just relax, brother. You know, this is just a kill pitch, you know. If, if you strike him out, you strike him out. If you walk him, you walk him. You got the next matchup, which is good for you. So it worked out. And what happened with uh, Jackie? Was that a uh, hit Yeah, it was a hit and run. Yeah, hit and run. Um, I'm not going to burn him over in that situation. And we feel like like uh, Christian will put the ball in play. He just didn't. So I guess what was the the message to Taylor there, and how surprised was he to be called in in that spot? No, he. I mean, I explained him what was going on. You know, there's a matchup here that we 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 like. You know, it's a three-two pitch. You got first base open. You make your pitch. If he swings, you, it's a swing and miss. If he doesn't, you walk. You walk him, and he's the next guy. So something different. Yeah, I mean, but I, I was thinking about it. Uh, I've been thinking about it for two months. You know, like uh, there's certain situations that. You know, we want to bring somebody for for that guy with man scoring position, and the guy's at first, and there's a wide pitch or something like that. And uh, why not? You know, if we if we don't like the matchup with man scoring position, why hang with the guy because, you know, the the bat is going on. So, yeah. All right, we appreciate out. hearing from AC. Going to give you a little bonus action here now too. We talked to Dennis Eckersley before the game. I caught up with him after this weird thing he had going on late yesterday, when it was Eckersley. Uh, referring to Marcus Stroman's act as tired, and then Stroman firing back on Twitter, calling Eckersley's comments trash, and uh, there was a lot made on Twitter on Monday about who was in the right on that one, but uh, we decided we might as well go right to the source. We, we weren't able to get to Stroman, but we were able to get to Eck, and here's a little bit of that conversation for you. Are you chirpy? Yeah. Good, because uh, Dennis Eckersley is best when he's chirpy. <laughs> I, I heard you were trash. I read that somewhere. Is oh, this true? Yeah. I don't know. I, I try not to go there, you know, because um, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it just sort of, you don't want to feed it, you know. Somebody says something about you, whatever. In this day and age, you have to let it slide. No kidding. Uh, so just to, I mean, give you the forum here, and I know you've already kind of put it out there, but it sure seemed innocuous, first of all. You were basically asked, what do you think of this? And you, and you said, well, you know, this is kind of my opinion. Yeah. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you didn't act in, in similar ways in, in your career, right? Yeah, that's, that's probably what it led to more than anything else. You know, like um, if somebody is... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, showmanship and, and, and you know, they say it's emotional, you know, and, and, and a, lot, a lot of players are emotional. Everybody acts a different way. And I was ultimate. I mean, I was demonstrative, very emotional, and I showed it. So, therefore, if I say something about somebody else, you know, how dare I? And I get right. that because, you know, whatever I said, like if I say something about somebody that I thought that wasn't, it was just kind of a tired situation, you know, like overreacting to a strikeout in the sixth inning, and I say something, well, Therefore, 
somebody can say something about me sure. saying, you know, you were the same way. And so be it. You know, I was tired, too. So how about that? <laughs> So j- just real quick, because uh, I know you got to go to work. Yeah. The, uh, it just seems like, though, we're in a day and age where anyone can take anything they want to personally. So how do you – I mean, some of these games are four hours long, as I'm sure you've noticed. Yeah. How do you then still continue to, uh, to do your job the way you need to do your job if every little thing you say is going to be kind of microanalyzed like that? Do you just simply think to yourself, I just got to be me and, and whatever happens, happens? We all have a buffer in there, don't we? I think we all do at some yeah. level, right? I mean, because you want to be authentic and you want to say what you think. But, you know, you have to be careful, you know, because uh, not that you can hurt people's feelings. But you know what I mean. The game's hard to play. You don't want to act like it's any easier. But, you know, um, you do have to be careful, you know. But you, I, I try to pride myself on, on being fair. I mean, more than anything else. And that, you know, and I, it's a gut. It's a gut feeling how, you know, when you go about doing the games. And, you know, when you go off, I mean, occasionally we all sort of say, you know, go places maybe we shouldn't, you know, because this day and age, you could say something wrong so easily. Well, yeah, there are so many opportunities to do it and so many years to offend. Right? Yeah, you know, so nobody's perfect. And if you do do something wrong, you know, you got to say you're sorry or something. Right. But I'm just glad this is not like Justin Bieber challenging Tom Cruise to a fight after all this, because <laughs> if it was Eck against Strowman, we could sell some tickets for that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just unfortunate that, that that sort of happens. And it'll, it'll go away. Of course. Yeah, it it'll does. go away, yeah. Good. I, you can go away now, too. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. See you, Eck. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, very nice of Eck to catch up with us and uh, give us his side. That was pretty well played by Eck. He's not going to tear down Marcus Strowman who's had some interesting comments all year. And apparently he went to, uh, to Yankee Stadium on Monday and started chirping about how it would be really cool to be a Yankee. But we'll leave that. You know, there's a lot going on in New York right now. You've got Mickey Calloway and Jason Vargas and a beat reporter all getting into a, a little row. And uh, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably leave it there because we, we need to, to go there. That's everybody else's problem. As for the, uh, the Red Sox problem on Tuesday, it's going to be simply trying to find a way to keep the good times rolling against a White Sox bullpen day or evening. And maybe that's a good thing because other than Giolito and other than the very back of their bullpen with a, a guy in Colome who's been closing things out, everything else is a little wonky for Chicago. But Price has been wonky or janky, as my kids say, uh, of late. 49 pitches to get four outs last time he pitched at home. David Price, that was against Texas. Followed that up with only a 73-pitch game against Minnesota. Alex Cora says there are no limitations. Price can put the pedal down to the floor, and hopefully that'll be the case Tuesday. Wednesday, it's Chris Sale, and you love that. Every time he pitches against the White Sox, it seems to be personal. He'll take on Ronaldo Lopez with an ERA of six and a quarter. Then it's on to London. So... You've got a, a four-game stretch in three countries because it'll be a game Wednesday here in the States, here at Fenway. Then it's two games in London, which I believe is in England. And then they go on to Canada taking on the Blue Jays. And uh, we, we talked a little bit about uh, during the game some of the weirdness that I'm sure we're going to find over there. Uh, a baseball populace that doesn't know much. They're going to have to be coached on things like you don't throw the ball back if you catch a foul ball or scramble for a foul ball. It's not like in cricket, you have to do that. And in soccer, you have to do that. Apparently, they're going to try to take some of America with them. A good old-fashioned American baseball game uh, these days features a mascot race. So they've decided over there that uh, they'll have Henry VIII and Winston Churchill and Freddie Mercury and the Loch Ness Monster having a race at some point. And we wondered what the 
U.S. version of that would be, I, I threw out maybe Thomas Jefferson, Springsteen, Bigfoot, and Trump. But um, I don't know if you guys want to email me or, well, no, I'm not, I don't have an email out there, do I? I have a, a Twitter out there, at Josh Lewin stuff. And you're, you're certainly welcome to do that. And you're, you're welcome to reach out anyway on, on anything. And you're also welcome to review this podcast, hopefully in a positive vein. You can do that on iTunes, of course. Uh, a five-star Uber rating is always appreciated. If it's less than four stars, we, we ask kindly that you, you keep your yapper shut. So anyway, uh, as the Red Sox improved to 43-37, and 37, they're going to hit that exact midway point on Tuesday. They will get there feeling pretty good about themselves. The much maligned bullpen, two and two-thirds innings of no-run baseball striking out six as the Red Sox rally to win six to five. This is Josh Lewin. It's called Sox Daily. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.